Welcome to the Sex and Abundance Podcast. I'm your host, Moma. Understanding how your mind works is critical to creating a better sex life, a better love life, and building meaningful wealth in your life. Unlike a lot of coaches out there, I'm actually a psychologist and I hold a master's degree in sex and couples therapy. So in this podcast, we're going to get to the truth. We will boss myths about masculinity, femininity, polarity, sex, relationships, and of course, money. If you feel overwhelmed trying to balance your career on the one hand and your sex and love life on the other, this show will help you with the tools and guidance you need to master them both. If you are tired of the same mainstream advice, not knowing what to do, or just not getting the most out of your sex life or your relationships, Then, this is the show for you. Hello, my sexy and abundant fam, and welcome to another episode of the Sex and Abundance Podcast. I'm your host, Moma, and today I have a very special guest, It's maybe someone that everyone is waiting to be here to meet yeah <laughs> <laughs> give me the microphone uh so yes the person that you guys have all apparently been waiting to meet is um is me alex the husband um so davy thank you for calling me special that's um that's a very nice introduction Of course, there's no one more special than you, my amor. Love you, baby. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about travel, sex, and energy. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> okay, so talking about cities and energies and places, um, I remember first time I heard about this concept of sitting, cities having energy and especially sex energy. It was uh, the master David Data. And I remember that at first it was, it, it makes so much click to me because of course cities have energies and of course they can be either feminine or masculine. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the... All places, all things, and it's even in language. You look at the the language in particularly Latin languages and Southern European languages. Like in Spanish, you name things and stuff by their feminine or their masculine, right? El or la, right? Um, we do the same thing in Macedonian. Like English doesn't seem to have that much of a differentiation between the two, but, you know, more Latin-based languages seem to. So things and places have you know masculine feminine energies because i guess in a sense everything does and um and cities in particular i think are really interesting the the first time i'd heard a city or a place be described as uh, masculine or feminine was actually byron bay back in australia and that's that's a very feminine city and or it's a very feminine part of australia um but it's a it's a very light feminine like it's a beautiful feminine which I think is different to what we're going to be discussing in today's show, right? Yes. So you already know that we are in our honeymoon. 
We've been Euro tripping for about three weeks now. Three weeks already? I uh, think two three. weeks. No, no, it's actually three because you arrived on the 10th and yeah, it's the yeah. first. Holy shit. Three weeks and six cities, I believe. Six, yeah. So what, Berlin, Amsterdam, uh, what was it? The mountains after Venice. that? Venice. No, Venice, then the mountains and Florence. Yeah, well, five cities together. Yes, five cities together. And the first one was a very interesting one, Berlin. Uh, it's a very artistic city that always caught my attention. And actually, Alex lived there um, for a couple of months back in 2020. Yeah, so more than a couple of months. I got stuck there in March of 2020 and stayed there almost the entire year, actually. I think I, I left a couple of times to go and... Uh, explore the Schengen zone. So I went down to Italy, went over to Brussels, uh, flew out once quickly to Macedonia. But I was there for most of the year. I didn't fly out until December around Christmas time to go to Brazil and get the hell out of there because I couldn't handle the lockdowns anymore. So yeah, Berlin. Very, 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 very unique city. Um, I mean, when you say artistic, I think... But Berlin's, I don't know, it's such, such a mix of the I don't know the best and the worst of the world it's like um you know Berlin was obviously the the place where you had the east and the west with communism on one side and you know a slightly more free market on the other and, and you had that juxtaposition of uh you know a authoritarian type shithole on one side and more freedom on the other and I don't know, but, but Berlin is a city with lots and lots and lots of history, but it's also at the cutting edge of the, you know, the sort of the new age, which comes with a lot of stupidity and comes with a lot of, um, I don't know, like interesting vibes. So it's a very hipster kind of town, but um, also quite a confused, quite a confused city. I will say that is very confusing because... Uh hearing you talking i was talking thinking about it is berlin feminine it is masculine and i think it's a very confusing city well berlin's fucking queer if anything yeah <laughs> i think like, it's, queer. it's completely fucking confused <laughs> i definitely think it's queer but it's weird because i also believe that people are very expressive there and they also they are very eccentric you know uh you see in the way they they behave or in the way they also um, use the their dress. clothes. Yeah, 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 the way they dress yeah. is very eccentric. And But I believe also has this energy of sexual energy. Yeah, but, but see, it's been pushed underground. That's the thing because you, you know, you've got the general German type of behavior, right, which is very fixed, very formal, very, you know, uh, platonic, right? Like G German behavior is generally distant. Um, but, you know, in Berlin, you also have, you know, fucking sex clubs and Berghain and, um, you know, KitKat and all these sort of places which are, you won't find anywhere else in the world, um, at least not to the same degree. Um, so it, it's kind of got this real dark side to it and like a hidden side, an underground, a real underground. And it's got the, you know, the, the German kind of structure, order, feel sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know which gender to sort of give it. I, I honestly think, fuck, it's the closest thing is queer. I don't know. 
What make it that way? Well, history. Uh, I mean, history. Um, you know, I, I think Berlin is in a like in a in a constant state of trying to figure itself out. Like it's it's in an identity crisis, basically, if you think about it. So Berlin was the 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 center of the the Prussians around World War One, and they lost World War One, lost a huge amount of their identity with that. Um, then the Weimar Republic, which was between the 1920s, so post-World War One up to World War Two, effectively, or really up to when the Nazis kind of took over and took power, was um, the Weimar Republic is kind of like the modern age. It is comple- It was completely fucking confused, uh, very sexual, uh, very like it was the roaring 20s, that, but they had hyperinflation, the whole society fucking collapsed. Um, and then it swung from complete chaos and disorder back to complete order with the Nazis. Um, and then obviously we went into World War Two, and then Berlin once again, you know, was in the throw of war and then the war ended. And then once again, there was no identity because the, the, the structure and order, the masculine energy got sucked out and Berlin got cut in half. And then for the next, what, 40 years, it would, you know, Berlin was a, was a city in half, one West Berlin, East Berlin. So I think Berlin's an example of what would happen to a human being if they were, you know, continually confused for decades. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Like Berlin is one gender dysphoric, confused city. It's fucking strange. (laughs) It is. And also something that really caught my attention is how feminized is society. Um, I got the chance to hang out with some German Berliner Berliners that were telling me how hard it is for them to find masculine men in this city. And I believe it's because there's feminists everywhere. Um, you see, I went to a, to a Tide event. Uh, I was like, a, it was like a pop-up event. Yeah, pop-up event for like, tights and i think in australia we call them stockings but basically it's just tights yeah tights maybe that's did they say that in america as well so in america they call it long socks long socks okay yeah so anyways um it was this feminist um movement the brand was feminist yeah the brand was feminist and the the thing that caught my attention is that they had these socks that say the the future is female and as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm not supporting this business. And they, the tights were so cute, but it was just a waste. And you see it everywhere. Even in the, we were in the train and we saw, we were with a friend and we saw something that says, um, like. Yeah, it was encouraging women to help other women become their own boss and all this sort of shit. So it was like the whole independent woman uh, movement, which is effectively transforming women into weak men. Which Basically. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's all connected, I believe. The, the part that the city is confusing and it's also feminist. It's a shame. Well, it's, it's, so let's think about why, though. So... In World War One, you had all of the good, strong, noble men go off to war, and the strongest and best of them basically got killed off. 
then you know the the boys that were left grew up in the 20s um, and they grew up in complete uh, lack of fatherhood so they didn't have fathers they only had mothers and it was this complete chaos for a number of years and then Germany was craving order and structure again which is a big part of why Hitler was able to gather power because he got democratically elected like the people wanted structure and order so they brought him in and then in World War II the rest of the strong men and that next generation of good men all got fucking wiped so then in the years following what was it it was the women had to come and take over so they became masculine extraordinarily masculine so and you know, you've got all sorts of weird feminist uh, roots coming out of Germany and particularly Berlin and, and today in the modern age. Like, I mean, you know, we've had multiple generations since then, but the kind of the strong father figure is gone. Um, now it's a bunch of strong women that are trying to run the show that have kind of donned all this responsibility because in general, the guys have um, have shrugged that responsibility and they're all like completely effeminate and th this is not you know you and me accusing anyone um th this is actually from observations and discussions that we've had like of course yeah we were there with a friend who you know she, her her observation being a berliner having lived there for whatever 20 30 years of her life is saying that there's no fucking strong men anymore everyone yeah. here is pussies um i can't trust them i can't let myself go and be a woman in their presence because they have no fucking presence. I don't feel safe with these people. Yeah, and most importantly, they are afraid to fall in love because they have they have believed this all this propaganda of being an, a strong independent woman and just do their career and be a career woman. And when you are in that in that energy or in that like state, mental state, um I believe you don't attract masculine men. Yeah, well, I mean, I can speak from experience. For me, uh, you know, seeing a woman who is like in the mental state of I don't need a man, I'm completely independent and everything like that. I, I, I mean, if she's attractive, sure, I'll want to fuck her. But like beyond that, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to take care of her. Number one, I, you know, my my offer to provide and protect and all that sort of stuff is basically thrown back in my face. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go look for someone who will actually appreciate that. And, you know, th this is the sort of the Faustian bargain that women in the modern world have signed up for is that they think they claim some independence for a period. Um, they scare off all the men. And when they're young, it's hard to notice that because you are independent, you're strong, and you get a lot of attention. But there comes a point where, you know, a woman is naturally attracted to a leader. And for a man to be a leader generally needs to be older, more mature, and have more resources. So if you've got a woman who's gotten a bit older, say 30, 33, 34, 35, you know, getting to that age, and if she was good looking when she was young, particularly attractive or whatever, and she's learnt this... Uh, independence kind of attitude she'll go from having a hell of a lot of uh, attention and being able to tell guys no 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 to all of a sudden the switch flipping and having very little attention because the guys that she's attracted to are already married already have kids already taken and there's no one left like you know she's not going to find a 40 year old single guy that she's going to respect because if he's fucking single at 40, 
something's wrong with him in the first place. So her option pool shrinks very, very quickly. And that's what you've got. You've got a pandemic in the modern world of women who've basically been lied to. They've swapped their feminine grace for masculine structure and independence. Um, and they've been rewarded for that in their 20s. So they carry that into their 30s. And they basically rug themselves. They fucking rug pull themselves in the process and end up alone and bitter. And of course, they turn to what? To feminism. They double down and they get more and more and more feminist. And they hate the fucking world. They hate men. Um, and they're bitter inside because they can't turn back time. They can't be young again. They, you know, they're not getting any prettier. They're not getting any more vital. They can't have fucking babies. And they realize that they just fucked themselves over. And it's really sad. It's really sad. And also, I believe this is the typical cat lady. Yeah, it's the fucking, the, the crazy cat lady at home or the angry dog lady, whichever one. It's the fucking, they end up with pets instead of babies. And they hate the world, basically. And they go into politics and create communism for everyone. Yeah, and um, I believe there's a lot of pain around these women because they were taught to believe that falling and being vulnerable and dependent on a man is not constructive, but in the end is what gives life to a woman. Like, there's nothing more fulfilling for a woman than having a good man by her side. So it's sad. Yeah, so anyway, we've kind of digressed back to cities. So Berlin, confused. Let's say which is the rate, city the, rating. Oh, rating, I don't know. I mean... Eight out, of, eight out of ten for me. Okay, I mean, I mean, for me, yeah, Berlin's like a seven, eight. But, but I, I give it a high score purely because Berlin has a fucking special energy and it's different to many other places, even though it's confused, even though there's a lot wrong with it even though you've got all these weird spectrums of people, like it, it is historically a very significant place. And I think one day, you know, as Berlin comes to terms with what it is and is less confused, um, it'll be an even better city. But it's, um, I don't, there's, there's a lot of intrigue for me about the place. I agree. Next okay. city is Amsterdam that I believe is very masculine but with some feminine touch that are the flowers and the canals. The the canals, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess Amsterdam for me, it is also, yeah, a masculine city. It is, um, a, a lot of the northern cities are going to be found to be more masculine as well because the northern part of Europe is far more ordered yeah. than the southern. Yeah. So. You can feel the law and order in Amsterdam as, I describe it as a little New Jersey city. Because the, all the streets are very directional and the canals and everything is just into place. There's nothing like outside of anything. Mm -hmm. Also, um, it's interesting because I believe it's a sin city. It's, it was my second time in Amsterdam and I, I could reconfirm again that it's a sin city. Like you can go there and have a lot of fun, but you can also cut waste and, but you can also have like a lot of inspiration because it's a colorful city, a lot of flowers and it's so like, it's just cute. It's a cute city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think overall it's, as you said, more masculine. I mean, every city has a mix of masculine and feminine traits, just as 
every human being does but yeah Amsterdam definitely skews more to the to the masculine what make it that way well, I think we already answered that so the the structure the order um, the fact that it's in the north um, there's I, I mean yeah it's, it's almost like a playground for boys as well because you know, you've got the weed shops you've got the red light district you know so yes. so that kind of is it's almost designed to be attracted like and it was also a financial capital that's the other thing i think that is um really important to note is that much like new york in that sense in london as well it was a it was a financial capital of the world for a period of time and as you know what what, what kind of energy does financial capital of the world um attract it attracts young masculine goal-driven or goal-oriented energy so yeah for me city rating eight and a half okay yeah for me I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Amsterdam I, I liked it but not that much so four five out of ten um, ouch sorry it's my favorite city in the world I guess we're having a divorce Okay, next city was Venice. Interesting city. Um, it's funny because it was my first time in Italy, first city in Italy, and I was just impressed about how hard it is to get there. Like, we took an airplane, then we took a one-hour boat ride. And then when you get there, it's interesting because I describe it as half fairy tale and half touristic trap it's a total tourist trap i mean you think about you you walk into venice and you just see history around you but it's it's kind of like the the spirit or the soul left and all that's uh, remaining is kind of like the the ruins that people are coming to visit and there's no more like I don't know, the class and the flair and the spirit is gone from the city. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't fucking like tourist places anymore. Tourists are like the fucking scab on civilization. It was interesting because you were actually excited to bring, to bring me there. And it was, it was very good to, to get to know Venice. It was always in my bucket list. But the first thing I think after, after a couple hours there, I told Alex, I believe... Venice is feminine, mostly, but it's like this kind of feminine that someone took out the soul out of her and then she's now left with no one and kind of the same thing we were talking about Berlin, like how Berlin can end up. I think Venice ended up like it's definitely feminine, but there's no soul. I believe back in the day and when there were carnival times and all that, like it was very flourishing and nurturing and fun and flowy but then it's just nothing left it's like a ghost city full of tourists mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's interesting as well so venice i think would have actually started more masculine because venice was a merchant capital and a financial capital right so it would have started in that sense but then it became kind of like the party place carnival and all that sort of stuff and i think it transformed into a very feminine kind of city and feminine in a good way because that kind of attracted a lot of beauty a lot of flair um and venice was kind of like the the hot chick that everyone wanted to date 
Like everyone wanted to go there. It like was, LA. Like who? LA. Like LA, yeah, exactly. Like, well, like I, I would say even California more broadly. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. and now like Venice is kind of like that hot chick is fifty years old, and you know you you'd still kind of bang her, you'd still kind of sleep with her, but um, not really. But <laughs> so, and she's angry about that. So I instead think she's of lonely. she's lonely, yeah. And instead of gracefully aging, she's kind of gotten a little bit bitter, and like she's got all these losers coming there and visiting and trampling all over her and she's like fuck off it's just boring <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like where, where did all the where did all the royalty and like nobility go yeah also um i wasn't impressed by the food so i think my rating will be like six out of ten yeah six ish for me as well five six I, yeah I mean, but you had a good first experience back in the days. I had a great experience because I got lucky. I went there in 2020 when there was no one there. Um, it was quote unquote during the scandemic, and um, yeah, it was it was basically empty. I got to see most of the city, and it was much more like locals there and things like that. And people were way more eager to be nice with service and everything like that this time. I mean, that's the thing. Like you go to these tourist traps, and the people that are working in those cities. They're just like fucking flooded with tourists, so they don't respect you and they don't treat you nicely and everything. It's fucking, you know. So, so I don't know. It was just, I, I was very disappointed this time. I didn't enjoy it, but last time I loved it. Yeah, we met a very lovely old lady. Oh yeah. And it was on a board ride and in the way to the hotel, and she was so lovely. It was a eighty-one years old woman traveling alone, coming from South Africa. She was so nice, so lovely. I don't know, it was just special to meet her. Yeah, there was a couple moments like that. We we met her and we met the other old people. Um, oh, they were from Florida as well. Yeah, yeah. And they were like in their 80s and we had a beautiful conversation with them. And yeah, it was... Um, so so that kind of sparkle still exists. And that's the thing with all of these great cities. Like you'll find that, you know, even though places like New York are fucked up and, you know, all this sort of stuff, you'll still find that in all of these places because, I don't know, there's, some, there's something special about those large places that you don't you don't have in smaller places. I agree. And next city was Dolomiti de Sesto. Mm, Alex took me to the most beautiful place that i ever been in my life. It's up in the mountains in Italy. But it's just so special that I'm even thinking which kind of energy I felt. What do you think? I didn't even think about fucking energy. It's kind of like pure nature for me. It was. Yeah. Um, and Let's try to describe the scenery. Yeah, so, I mean, the Dolomites, so it's basically the, the Italian Alps. So you've got these beautiful rock mountains that... Uh, massive and then at the base of the mountains you have gorgeous greenery and pine trees and kind alpacas. of alpacas alpacas we found <laughs> yeah shout out to kind of Aurelius um we like you've got those green pastures that you see like if you know the movie the sound of music you know those green rolling hills so you have a mixture of that pine trees and these beautiful rocks um and that green lake yeah, the fucking blue-green. Yeah, aqua. The, the, like the color is aqua, aqua yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the lakes are fucking incredible up there. And, I don't know, it was, it was like a... 
a, a natural paradise. Yeah, indeed. I believe it's mostly feminine <laughs> because it's very flowy and it's just you just feel so much in touch with nature. It's everywhere. It's just like it was it was snowing and then it was raining, but then it was the sun out. So that's kind of like gave me the feminine energy that is sometimes a stormy or not clear. And we had the best time there. We just rest a lot, did a lot of spa, sauna, yeah, yeah, steam, cold plunge. So we definitely recharged there, I believe. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been the highlight of the trip so far. Um, for me too. Yeah. So, I will give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give anything perfect scores. So yeah, nine, nine and a half out of 10 for me. Gorgeous place. And next city was Florence. Well, is Florence because we're recording yeah, it in Florence. Yeah, we actually here. <laughs> okay, Florence, very brown city. Everything is brown. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, for me, what draws my attention is that this is the cradle of the Renaissance. You know, so you have, you know, the greatest minds and thinkers and artists, you know, from Michelangelo to Donatello to Da Vinci to the Medicis to... Um, Amerigo to uh, Nicola Machiavelli, like you've got all sorts of very, 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 very rich history, and the and the main cathedral in the center is fucking gorgeous, and like the quality, the marble, the stone, like you can tell this was an incredible place. But like you said, it's kind of brown, and it's kind of it's like this is definitely past its. You know, yeah, it's heyday. Like this is. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was interesting because when I we got into the center, the city center, I was like, Alex was showing me the lake. This is the lake, and this is the the river, not the lake. Oh yeah, the river and the um, bridge, the famous bridge, and I was like, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like water was brown. It's so dirty, and for me, I don't know. I come from a from an island, so I'm used to clear water and everything beautiful around me <laughs> but um i think most than anything florence is masculine for sure yeah it's a, it's a masculine city it's kind of like the um i mean all, all, all the great renaissance thinkers came out of here like you know this was a place of structure and order and we, we went on a little tour and it was originally founded by the romans in what was it like 78 bc i think so over 2000 years ago and, you know, where they placed the original town square and everything is still, you know, the, the crossing point of the two main streets uh, in the city. And, yeah, like, I mean, the, the Medici family, uh, they funded the construction of a lot of the primary um, monuments and statues and everything in here. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a masculine city. It's a different vibe, different strength. Um, it's not as like pretty and colorful as Venice, for example. Like Venice is very colorful. This is very monotone, very mm -hmm. brown. Yeah, I I enjoyed today when we went to Leonardo da Vinci Museum because I don't know. It just gave me. He was born here, actually, I believe, in yeah, Tuscany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of history, definitely, and a lot of masculine energy and masculine like direction or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think it's the kind of city like if you 
you need to stay here longer to kind of really absorb all the history. Like it's a place you come to, you know, do tours and museums and all that sort of shit. And you know, the, the, the food, the food seems to be good. They've got these like little sandwich things, which yeah, are very more interesting. Meat. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah definitely more meat than Venice. Yeah. Venice is all seafood. Yeah, yeah, I believe food is better here than Venice. For sure, yeah, that that definitely, and it's more reasonably priced. But I don't know, it's um. It's not as good as I thought it would be. Like I was really thinking that Venice would be something special. Like I remember going to Barcelona. Florence. Sorry, yeah, Florence. Sorry, wrong city. Um, I remember going to Barcelona in 2019, 2020 sort of period, and I really, really liked Barcelona and you know the Gothic city, uh, the Gothic area. And I don't know, maybe going back there, my mind will change about Barcelona. But um, I was expecting something similar from Florence, at least from a first. Uh, first glance but it wasn't as nice as i thought so you know yeah. i might give it a point more than venice at this point but like a six yeah maybe five or a six something like that yeah for me it's like a six yeah well with that we finish the six cities for today in our euro moon series did i say that right you said it close enough baby it's okay <laughs> we all know you can't speak english <laughs> I love you. Thank you for coming. Anytime, baby. Love you. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Sex and Abundance podcast. I hope you learned something new. And if this episode was helpful for you, please take a minute to rate and review. It means so much to me. Don't forget, let's connect in Instagram. Take a screenshot and share it in the Instagram stories and tag me at AwareMama. And share your biggest insight from today. Looking forward to hang out with you next week.